May God add his blessing to the reading of the scripture this morning, and may the words from my mouth be what we need to hear. Do you know somebody who is a really good example to you of grace under pressure? Do you know somebody that just, it seems like it can keep coming and they're just, they can remain calm and work their way through it and not get upset and not uh, yell and holler and, and uh, turn the place upside down? Somebody who just rises to a challenge without panicking? And then on the other side of that coin, how this morning would you rate yourself at handling pressure? We'd all like to think that we're ready to face a test or a challenge when it comes because we know it's going to come. I read a news story. It was about a woman right here from Illinois who gave birth in the middle of taking her, her bar exam. Her name is Brianna Hill, and she was scheduled to take her bar exam about the middle of her pregnancy. Well, then along came COVID, and things were in a sort of a a, a topsy-turvy tizzy like everywhere else at her school, and it got delayed, and finally the exam was scheduled to take place right at the end of her pregnancy. The new date was within a few weeks of her due date, and the exam was to be taken online now, and it was going to be in four 90-minute sections over two days, so two each day. Well, as fate would have it, her water broke during her first 90-minute section that she was doing online. She finished it, then she called her husband, and she called her midwife, and the midwife based on everything she'd said, said, well, you're still early on. You're, you, can, you can still stay home, and you can finish the second 90-minute segment because it sounded like early labor. So she finished her second test, and she headed to the hospital afterwards because her labor pains were getting closer together. And she gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. Well, the next morning, technology being what it was, what it is today, she was able to finish the rest of her bar exam from her hospital room. And she passed the exam and she became an attorney and is an, will be an attorney, will be practicing soon. Now don't you just envy people like that? Because that wouldn't have happened with this guy, I'll tell you that. Not only passing a bar exam, but giving birth, well obviously it wouldn't have happened to me, I'm a guy, but if there were anything that were going on with me medically, I would, I'm not so sure I'd be able to do that. She was pretty good, I'd say, at handling pressure, handling unexpected changes. Then, I think sometimes to myself, you know, you're pretty calm. You stay pretty calm most of the time, and you're pretty good at handling situations and conflict and so forth. But then I hear a story like this about a lady passing a bar exam while she's in labor, and I think that's a whole different level of pressure. On the other hand, there's also a story about a woman who needed to hire a plumber for a few jobs around her house, and she and her husband were a little bit surprised when the plumber showed up in a suit with a tie. 
And they were even more surprised when he walked in with no tools. And he asked them if he could borrow a pipe wrench and then some other things. Had come totally unprepared. He hadn't brought a single tool with him. He was obviously not prepared. I'm guessing he probably doesn't get a whole lot of repeat business. It's hard to put your confidence in a person who doesn't take time to prepare to do what he needs or she needs to do. Our scripture lesson for this morning is about Jesus confronting temptation in the wilderness. May I suggest it's also about how our wilderness times come. And those wilderness times are a training ground for things that are to come in our lives. In Luke chapter 3, Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. The Holy Spirit comes down on him in the form of a dove, and God speaks from heaven and announces that Jesus is his beloved son. Pretty exciting stuff. Jesus must have been in a very good place, feeling pretty good. And then comes Luke chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And for 40 days, he was tempted by the devil. Wait a minute. Led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil? It sounds like a mistake, except it isn't. Look at the stories of every person in the Bible that God chose to do great things. And all of them, you will find, had a wilderness time, a time of fear, a time of question, a time of doubts in their life, a time of pain, a time when God seemed silent, and it wasn't a punishment for them, and it isn't a punishment for us. It's God's way of getting us ready, preparing us for what's to come. God gives great work to us and works greatly through us after we've been through the wilderness. So the first lesson that we see in today's story is that if we're planning on doing anything significant, anything really that matters in this life, prepare ourselves for the wilderness. Get ready. Blaine Lee was an instructor at the U.S. Air Force Academy. He discovered that many young recruits needed more than just physical training and more than just mental training. They needed to hear real-life stories of the life-and-death challenges that they might face on the field of battle. They could never understand the dangers of warfare from reading a book. And so he brought in soldiers who had been through some very tough battles, who had been captured by the enemy, who had spent time in uh, enemy camps, in prison camps. And he remembers the impression that one pilot made on his recruits. The pilot had managed to escape from a prison camp. And the young recruits kept asking him questions about the weapons that he carried or the training techniques that he used to survive. But he stopped them with one comment when he said this, quote, I survived all right, but it wasn't because of what I had on me. It was because of what I had in me. That's what made the difference. Not what's on me, what's in me. What happens if we're not prepared for our wilderness experience? All of us go through times of questioning and doubts and doubting God. It's a natural part of life. 
It's a natural part of our faith journey. But when we're not prepared for the dark moments, questions and doubts, we are most likely to, are more likely to happen and likely to be worse. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book Temptation, writes these words, Satan does not fill us with hatred of God, but forgetfulness of God. Truer words were never spoken. When we forget God and we get discouraged, then it becomes a vicious circle. We grow further from God and we forget him more. Jesus wanted to save us from that kind of pain. So he chose to go through the wilderness himself to show us how to react and how to be faithful. And his lesson to us is this. First of all, prepare yourself for the wilderness. The second lesson that we get from this story is to decide ahead of time to trust your pain to God and to God's purposes. There's going to be pain in this life. Expect it. Turn it over to God before it ever comes. That's not easy to do. It's a one-time decision, though. It's a decision that we may have to make it's, I should say it's not a one-time decision. It's a decision that we might have to make 10 times a day, every day for six months. But it's a decision that if we make it each and every time, we will come out on the other side of our pain with some new wisdom. We'll learn from it. We'll come out of the other side of our pain with some new growth. Something good will come of that bad. It's a huge step of faith when you're going through a wilderness time. And I know that a number of you are going right now, today, through a wilderness time. And it's a huge step of faith to ask you to say, Lord, I don't understand why I'm here. I don't understand why this is going on, but I'm placing my total trust in you. Please teach me what you need for me to learn here. Please make me the person that you want me to be. When you pray those prayers, it's painful Sometimes it's even hard to say the words, but it's also very freeing. Amelia Boone is a corporate attorney for Apple. She's won four world championships in obstacle endurance racing, which I'm told is an incredibly physically demanding sport. Terribly, terribly difficult. They call her the queen of pain. And in an interview, she said this, pain can be your friend. Pain gives you cues. Pain tells you what you need to focus on. And if I make friends with pain, then it is just something there to guide me on and to teach me. There's something special that happens in the lives of people who trust their pain and their wilderness times to God and refuse to become bitter. One day when they look back over their lives, they will see that God used them, used their pain, to plant seeds of hope and strength in other people. That's what it's really all about, folks. Remember what you're going through. Don't forget what it feels like. Because somewhere down the line, you're going to run into somebody who is experiencing some pain just like you did. And you can honestly look them in the eye and say, I understand. I know what you're going through. And you can help them through it. You can become a wilderness guide. Someone will thank God someday for the lessons that you learned and that you taught them. 
And you will be able to look back at your wilderness time, not bitterly, but with gratitude and with joy. And thank God for it. In his book, The Unnecessary Pastor, Eugene Peterson writes about his two sons and their skills at rock climbing. He says that as rock climbers go up the face of a rock, they hammer little pegs, and I think they're called pythons or pythons or something like that. But they hammer these little pegs into the crevices around them. And then they attach their ropes to the pegs as they go. And that way, if they lose their grip on the rock, the pegs will keep them from falling and maybe being injured, maybe dying. Peterson says that in our spiritual life, every time we remember God's faithful to us, that God is faithful to us, it works like a peg to anchor us and to protect us from falling into a dark place. He writes, every answered prayer, every victory, every storm that has been calmed by God's presence is a peg which will keep us from falling, losing hope, or worse yet, losing our faith. Trusting God to use our pain for his purposes can serve as a peg to strengthen us, to endure our time in the wilderness. And a final lesson we get from this story is to focus on eternity. Focus more on eternity than on right now. Focus on our long-term growth more than our short-term relief. You know, the stock markets are a mess right now, right? We're losing money like crazy if we have money in the stock market. Jim gave me some good advice the other day that he got from somebody else. Don't look. Wait. Long-term. That's what matters in the stock market. They'll bounce back. They'll grow. It'll be okay. Focus on long-term. Zig Ziglar, who was a motivational speaker and author, said this, the number one reason that people do not reach their goals is that they trade what they want most for what they want now. That's a temptation that we all face. We face it in our spiritual lives. How tragic it would be if we never fulfilled God's will for our lives because we traded what we want most for what we want right now. It's almost funny, I think, how Satan, his plan fails in this story. He offers everything to Jesus that Jesus already had and gave up willingly in order to be human, to be like us, to walk in our shoes. Author Philip Yancey says that the, the first temptation story in the Bible was Satan tempting Adam and Eve with the question, can you be like God? And now, in the wilderness, he's tempting Jesus with the question, can you really be like a human? Satan is trying to undo Jesus' humanity. He's trying to undo Jesus' choice to be Emmanuel, God with us, one of us. He's challenging Jesus to take back that power and the majesty and the authority that really belongs to him. And that he left at the throne when he came here to question his decision to sacrifice himself for us. He tempts him to do all these things. Jesus knew that people would reject him. He knew that friends would abandon him. He knew that he would be killed in the end. He endured it all in order to fulfill God's plan for us. And God used his obedience to offer us eternal life.
God has great work for those who have been through the wilderness. On April 16, 2020, San Francisco Giants outfielder Drew Robinson sat down, wrote a letter of apology to his family, put a loaded gun to the side of his head, and he pulled the trigger. He had been suffering from depression for a long time. Nobody knew it. He never told anyone. He never asked for help. Just as a sidebar, if you suffer from depression, seek help. Get help. It's not your fault. It's a physical thing. If you've ever suffered from depression, then you know that the voice in your head says, it's hopeless. Your life is worthless. You'll never be happy. Nobody can help you. Depression lets loose a stream of lies in your mind. And Drew just couldn't fight it anymore. But thank God that's not the end of the story for Drew. After being unconscious for a very long time, he woke up. And on April 17th, he called 911 and he asked for an ambulance. He had lost a lot of blood. He'd suffered damage to his brain and to one eye. But he was still alive. The paramedics came to his house, kicked down his door, took him to the hospital, and he recovered. The first thing Drew experienced after arriving at the hospital was an overwhelming desire to let the people in his life know that he loved them. And that desire to love others included a desire to help others who were fighting depression. In an interview with the SPN, Drew reflected on his suicide attempt and what he has learned during his journey of recovery. And he says this, I was supposed to go through that. I'm supposed to help people get through battles that don't seem winnable. Drew talks about his depression. He asks people for help. He offers help to others. He tells the people around them that he loves them. Some of you probably think I'm a weirdo because sometimes I do that. As you're walking away after church, I say, see you later, see you next week, love you. And you look at me like I'm crazy. Well, I am crazy, but that's beside the point. I do that for two reasons. Number one, I do love you. Number two, I want you to know that you're loved. I want you to remember that if there's ever a time of doubt. He works with a therapist. Drew works with, uh, takes medication for his depression, and he's doing just fine. And on September 10th of 2020, which was Worldwide Suicide Prevention Day, he asked to speak to his former teammates and the staff of the Giants. And he told them his story. He told them all the lessons that he had learned from almost taking his own life. Many of the players and the staff wept when they heard his story. And he told them that he keeps the bullet from his suicide attempt in a little box by the side of his bed. And he says, every once in a while, I pull that thing out of the box, I hold it in my hand, and I say, I am stronger than you. I am stronger than I thought I was. I pray that someday you and I will look back on our wilderness experiences as they come as some of the greater moments in our life.
the moment when God cleared away other distractions and foolishness and clutter that we fill our lives with. And he set us on a new path and formed us into the person that we are today. Those wilderness moments are what shape us. No one reaches their their full potential without being tested in some way. So prepare yourself for the wilderness. If it hasn't come, it will. Decide ahead of time to trust your pain to God. And then focus on eternal purpose. Think of the big picture more than your immediate circumstances and what's happening right now today. And see how God can use your wilderness time to prepare you for a greater calling and for a purpose greater than you could ever imagine. We have experienced a wilderness time. The last two years have been difficult for all of us. And some of us had all the regular stuff that happens besides. We've had deaths in families. We've had sicknesses. We've had all kinds of financial problems. All sorts of things have come our way. These are wilderness times. It's my prayer that we'll be able to look back five or ten years from now and say, you know what? This was good for us. We're better off for it, even though it didn't feel like it at the time. Let's be prepared for those wilderness times and let's predetermine how we're going to react when it happens. Amen.